0: Hey, everyone. Here's a Patreon preview for our latest Movie Time episode. This is our eighth one, and it is on the movies Joe Hill and the Molly Maguires. And if you'd like the full thing, you become a patron at patreon.com slash workstoppage. It's the only way that we get any funding for doing this, so we really, really appreciate it. This particular clip is from the Joe Hill part, and I hope you enjoy it. Solidarity.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, like, as a biopic, uh, a movie that's specifically around one person's life, obviously the movie, you know, largely follows the basic actual outlines of uh, the life of Joe Hill. There are some differences, though, because, like, the movie basically portrays Joe just coming across... The Wobblies, as he works his way uh, at various odd jobs across the West, whether working on a railroad at one point, uh, working as a farmhand, sometimes from a place he stole food from, uh, or, uh, you know, various odd jobs in places that he, he stopped. But uh, in real life, he actually joined the Wobblies while working as a longshoreman in San Pedro, California, in 1910. And uh, just to kind of elaborate on on some of what Joe's Joe Hill is most known for. If if folks are less well aware of his legacy, he's primarily known for his contribution to the history of songs in the labor movement. So many of like the biggest, like IWW songs that have continued to be union songs, uh, you know, down through well over a hundred years at this point, including there is power in a union, the rebel girl and the song, the preacher and the slave, which well may not be as well known by its actual title it 's portrayed in the film uh, you know where he 's pointing to the hypocrisy of the resistance to unionism by religious groups which have been promising pie in the sky when you die, which is a a phrase that you know then becomes really latched onto to to push back against um, religious uh, opposition to the workers' movement um, and one other one of the ways that the film really differs from the historical record, in its largest sense, is uh, during his trial. Uh, for murder. Unlike in the movie because in the movie it's, it's, it's more dramatic because he represents himself and he gets rid of his shitty public defender lawyers who aren't actually helping him and he just rails and tries to you know uh, point out the injustice but in reality it was uh, uh, unfortunately a little less dramatic where uh, not only did Joe Hill not represent himself he actually refused to testify in his own defense uh, when repeatedly pressed on, on how he was shot The night before he was arrested, he would simply say that he was defending the honor of a married woman and refused to mention her name. And because of his refusal to do that, he was assumed to be guilty. Uh, The lawyer who was representing Hill on appeal said, quote, The main thing that the state had on Hill was that he was a wobbly and therefore sure to be guilty. Hill tried to keep the IWW out of the trial. But the press fastened it upon him, end quote. And just on the production of the film itself, um, because again, despite the fact that, you know, it all takes place in the United States, it was a Swedish produced film. And after it came out in 1971, it actually kind of disappeared from uh, most commercial like catalogs. It just wasn't really available to get outside of Sweden. Uh, until it was restored in 2015, which is how the version that is now thankfully on YouTube. (laughs) Uh, so for any listeners who want to watch the film, if you look up Joe Hill, 1971 on YouTube, it's there for free. Um, that's how that version got on there. So, If I can and, make an
0: appeal to people, if you know how to speak Swedish and some of the other languages spoken in that film, can you please make a subtitle track for the film so that the beginning of the film is a little bit more understandable?
1: <laughs> yeah, as we get into the notes, we'll do, we can discuss that real quick. But one thing I just did want to read out before we get into, and I mean, this is kind of flowing into our thoughts on the film, is the film ends... Uh, with a poem that Joe wrote as his last will and testament written in his jail cell. And the, 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 the words used in the film are his actual will, which I just wanted to read because I you know, think they're pretty powerful and just a really great poem, which is, My will is easy to decide, for there is nothing to divide. My kin don't need to fuss and moan. Moss does not cling to a rolling stone. My body, oh, if I could choose, I would to ashes it reduce. And let the merry breezes blow, my dust to where some flowers grow. Perhaps some fading flower then would come to life and bloom again. This is my last and final will. Good luck to all of you, Joe Hill. Yeah, that poem rocks.
0: It's sad, <laughs> so, but it's good.
1: But yeah, I guess kind of as we get into you know what we thought about the movie... And I do think this one's going to be interesting because I think both of these movies are actually rather flawed. I like both of them, but I also have some, some criticisms of them, but that is one point that I will say was did make the very beginning of the movie a little difficult. And this isn't the film's fault. It's just the fact that it's hard to find a copy of this movie, uh, outside of the, the free YouTube version is that the beginning is in Swedish for the first few minutes. And without that subtitle track, like you can kind of generally ta- get what they're talking about as Joe arrives in Alice Island, and then eventually. Actually makes it into the new york harbor Um, but that is something that i did think was interesting though because while i know that it's frustrating for us because we don't speak swedish i do actually think it's good because so many of these movies about like european immigration in the early 20th century they're like well this is for an english audience we're just going to make it in english but i think it's like it's it it takes away from getting a sense of like what the environment in New York city in the early 20th century was with a cornucopia of different languages and cultures and all this stuff going on. And including all these people who have just shown up who don't speak English and are really struggling, but it's like because of how difficult conditions in their home country were, they're just having to struggle to try and make it work. And I think that that helps show the parallels to, you know, immigrant struggles today a lot better than if you have these white migrants showing up already magically speaking English, which I think creates sort of this unintentional homogenizing effect and to try and be like, cause you, you know, you'll see a reactionary say stuff today about like, Oh, well, migrants today are breaking the law as opposed to migrants who came through Ellis Island. That was the, that was different. And I think when you see it's like the struggles and including just the language barrier mm. in these older movies it helps show that no these struggles are pretty parallel at both time periods
2: well it's interesting because uh people today want to have it both ways they're like my grandfather immigrated here and he had it rough and he didn't complain and then also he magically learned english right away and got a job (laughs) as a county clerk in the first month
1: (laughs) yeah exactly um but one of, I will say, one of my criticisms of the movie, which I do overall think is, is very touching, um, is that they spend way too long on his time in New York. Like, uh, I don't, like, he didn't actually spend that long in New York City, but it's, like, the first third of the movie, and, like very little of his life as far as like his activism or his, his politics really seems to come out of much of what happens during that New York. Day. It mostly just seems to try and like establish that uh, life in the big city is very difficult, which sure, but I think they could have probably done that in like 10 minutes instead of half an hour.
0: Yeah. And also trying to draw the relationship with that woman who comes up later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: yeah, I, I
0: definitely uh agree in that in that way. Although I did like some of the scenes. I think uh, my very first note is when the kid is showing him around the city and it set sa- and he says the, the little kid who's showing him around says, "That's the opera house. They scream in there. They get paid for it."
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I wrote that down in my like original notes on my phone too. Yeah, that that I will say that kid is like the best part of the New York sequence. He's very funny. Yeah. Oh, Big yeah. Fan. That was
2: that made it like bearable, because otherwise it's like, what even is this pacing, and I kind of noticed this with both movies. I don't know if it's just like an old movies thing, but is it like is it required in the what is it seventies for you to put together a movie and you're like the first twenty minutes will be bucolic shots with <laughs> like one word per minute and like a scrappy little character that helps ingratiate the viewer into the
1: story <laughs> yeah. No, I know. That's definitely the case with both of these. Like, they take a minute to get going. Although, Molly McGuire's gets going a little bit earlier with, like, the brawl in the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, True. But we'll get into that when we get there. Although, I do,
0: I gotta admit, I liked these movies better than any of the mob movies that we watched.
1: Oh, I mean, that's fine. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, it's funny because like this weekend, or not this weekend, I'm actually off work this week. So we went to a theater with nearly no fucking people in it and watched Killers of the Flower Moon. And it was very good, but I can just hear Martin Scorsese saying, this is cinema in my head. And I, it didn't it didn't hit that hard. And then I watched the, Joe Hill and the Molly Maguires and I was like, oh, now this
1: is cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean- it, so, because he he you know he spends, like, the, basically the first third of the movie is all like, it's really hard to make it in New York. And then so, you know, his brother leaves, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to go leave. And he starts the whole sequence where he's, like, basically learning the hobo trade, yeah. <laughs> which is very entertaining. I loved it. But also, I, I feel like has very little to do with the latter half of the movie. Well, it's kind of fun,
2: though, because that's – I guess in some ways that's what I like about the biopic format is it's just like, well, look, it's someone's life. So if something that seems interesting or maybe consequential on a personal level, but doesn't really affect the arc of history that they're known for being a part of, you still get to include it. Like that time, like he was on a train with a little boy and he helped him do a jigsaw puzzle, you know, or whatever stupid fucking thing it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also with the trains, there are, I, uh, this is another one of my notes. The trains in there, they're like five car trains, seven car trains. Yeah. <laughs> I never seen one of them motherfuckers in my life.
1: I mean, they <laughs> did have shorter trains back then, but I'm guessing that's just like a production budget issue with this yeah. movie <laughs> is mm-hmm. I, 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 I would guess it's probably they just like, we'll just get just enough cars to be like, this is a train and not waste a bunch of money being like, this is a real train. <laughs> That makes yeah. sense.
2: You you want to rent 12 train cars? Do you think I'm made of Swedish Krona? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I well, to look that and, up. And like, I do love though that like, even when it's showing him, you know, kind of alternating between just like, you know, r- stealing eggs out of uh, chicken coops at various random farms or picking up random odd jobs. Like the way that the movie portrays that rubbing off on, Joe Hill versus the way that it seems to have affected his like hobo mentor are completely different, which I think is is actually really interesting.
2: (laughs) Well, Joe is portrayed, and from the historical context that you gave, it seems like this might be one of the truest elements of the portrayal, despite not being factually correct all the time. He seems to just be like a really beatific at peace kind of guy who's just like a real aw shucks motherfucker no matter what happens I just I'll pick I'll pick it up and I'll keep my chin up and I'll do the next thing and like even when he's like stealing chickens he's like I guess this is a good way to steal a chicken wonderful
1: (laughs) well and I think you know like really what I mean by that is that like like Joe keeps picking up these random jobs whether it's working on the railroad or Mm -hmm. working on a farm or working on these other things and each time you know the movie is very clear to show his like while yes, he is, does tend to be, like, he doesn't let stuff get him down too much most of the time, he does still have that, like, really strong sense of, like, the way that I'm getting treated in this job is bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. especially, I, I mean, the scene when he's working on, like, the rail gang with the hard-ass foreman who won't even give him water and forces them to pay for it, and he's just like, fuck that. Let's just go all go down to the fucking, uh like, cooling water tower they have for the trains, and I'll just open that up. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, it seems like a lot of people in his situation kind of feel like. They don't say this outright or whatever But it's like, well, I'm fucked up I'm stealing shit I must be a bad person I have a terrible lot in life And Joe has this stuff happen And he's like, why is no one taking care of these things? Right. Why is the situation so fucked? And, and that's d- like, that's what gives you the ability to still be like Well, I'm a good person I'm still gonna try
0: you know? I really think that that shows The revolutionary mentality that Joe Hill had
3: long preachers come out every night Try to tell you what's wrong and what's right But when asked about something to eat They will answer in voices so sweet You will eat, you will eat by, and by, by and by In that and glorious and land in the, the sky way pie. Work and pray, work and pray. Live, on hay. live on hay You get pie in the sky when you die That's a lie And the starvation army, they play. They sing and they clap and they pray. Till they get all your coin on the drum, then they'll tell you when you're on the bum You will eat, you will eat by and by, by and by. In that glorious land in the sky, up by work and pray, work and pray, live on hay. You get pie in the sky when you die, that's a lie. Holy rollers and jumpers come out. They holler, they jump, and they shout. Give your money to Jesus, they say. He will cure all diseases today. You will eat eat. by by and by. In that glorious land in the sky Work and pray Live on hay You get pie in the sky When you die, that's a lie of all countries unite, together for freedom we'll fight, and the world and its wealth we have gained, to the grafters we'll sing this refrain, you will eat, you will eat, by, eat and by. by and by, when you learned how to cook and to fry, and to fry. Chop, some wood. chop some wood, try to do you good. good, you'll eat the sweet by and by That's no lie